Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Dara, you spotted something unusual in Rathmines lately. What was it? Yeah, there's probably a lot of unusual things happening in Dublin these days, but I was on the way to the cinema and I noticed a brand new, pretty ugly looking, it has to be said, phone box right in the centre of the street. So getting in people's way, getting in pedestrians' way, taking up space. But um, I just thought to myself, you know, what are Dublin City Council doing in the year 2022, putting down ugly phone boxes all over the city? Um, I've seen them in the city centre in pretty, I suppose, uh, you know, nice areas in Georgia and Dublin, um, in pretty busy areas. Uh, but now they seem to be expanding into the suburbs as well. And, uh, you know, I think it kind of epitomises everything that's wrong with the council and the management of the city at the moment that we're going around installing phone boxes. I think if you ask people in Dublin what they want, they'd want a cleaner city, they'd want more seating, they'd want more trees, they'd want public toilets, but Dublin City Council is giving us phone boxes instead. Yeah, like I, I know the one you're talking about actually in Rathmines. Um, I didn't think it was all that ugly, but it is quite big. Um, I definitely agree with you on that. Dara, thanks a million though for, for joining us and getting in touch with us here on the programme today. Have you spotted these new phone boxes? Uh, there's 22 of them going up around Dublin at various different stages. I think there's going to be about 180 though in general rolled out right across the length and breadth of Ireland. So if they're in your locality, let us know today, 53106. Neil is on the line in Bray. Neil, is there one of these where you are? How are we? Happy Friday. <laughs> there is indeed. Uh, and believe it or not, I'm able to walk past it without having any sort of issue. Uh, I think they're a little bit bigger now because they're putting advertising on the back of them, so little video screens that, that take up a bit more space than the old phone box. But we've got to remember, not homeless people don't have iPhones. And they use, a lot of them use these public phone boxes, phone, phones to see if there's a bed for them for the, for the night. That's what a lot of them are used for. So I understand, okay, some people might get annoyed. We're not that observant. For every one that you see, you've probably walked past 10 or 11. Or, well, if there's 22 of them, you've walked past three or four. It's not a big deal. Like, you know what I mean? It's up down the road here. I actually spotted it this morning. Didn't really find it too offensive. Walk past it. Not a big deal. Didn't stop any footfall, stop any traffic, hurt anybody's feelings. Uh, and then it, for, for we've got you know homeless people everywhere. If they need to find a bed for the night, they can go to that phone box with whatever change they have and try and find a roof for their heads. That's one use for them. One very important use mm. for them. Okay, no, I, t- I take that. What are the other uses? I wonder do I many know. other people use phone boxes still? I, I'm, I'm, I'm of an age where I used to reverse the charges to call home for a Yeah, time I did that. So, Collect yeah, calling, so, yeah. <laughs> I used to do so, it all the time. Yeah, I, I, I don't know if you can do that now. You can't do it on the mobile phone, but uh, that'd, be, that'd be a good thing. I've no idea what other uses they are, but, you know, we're judged by how we treat people who are uh, old and people who are struggling. You know what I mean? And yeah. we've got to try and find a way. We're not going to give them homeless people iPads, you know, so let's... <laughs> figure out how we can help them. Yeah, okay, no, fair, that's, anyway. that's a fair point. Um, I think a lot of the discussion around this, though, and people that I've heard talking about it, it's more to do with the size of these phone boxes. And just in, in general, like accessibility is something that we've talked about here time and time again on the programme and the uh, the width of the streets and the different poles that you have to navigate and footpaths. And then you have these, and they are quite big, actually, these phone boxes that are there at the minute. Um, Damien O'Farrell is an independent councillor as well. Neil, he's in Clontarf. Damien, what's your thoughts on these phone boxes? Yeah, I, I would agree with your first speaker there that 
they're nothing more than uh, street clutter. I, I'd call them Trojan horses. They're wheeled into place masquerading as wheelchair accessible payphones, where in fact they're nothing more than luminous advertising hoardings and street clutter. And I wouldn't agree with your with your caller there, who mentions about homeless people. That I mean they're not for homeless people. These these are this is a revenue generator for air. And I'd, I'd like to give you a bit of background into because how they, how they I just wanted about. to ask you about that. They're, they're yeah. not they're it's not um, they're not council erected phone boxes. Like it's not public funds. It's an it's 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 air that's rolled them out, isn't it? Yeah, it's air. And originally when they applied for them, it was Aircom. But my understanding is that Aircom they acquired real estate rights through possibly through adverse possession to all the sites of the old telephone boxes. Be the passage of time, I suppose their boxes had been in, in sites for so long. And when they were all taken down, when they were removal, they had all this real estate all over the city, all over the country that wasn't generating any revenue. And somebody came up with this idea of putting advertising um, hoardings there. And this, Ireland isn't the first country. This is, this is happening in Australia. This is happening all over the world. And there was 24 planning applications originally came in. There was 22 approved. I think only Antashka um, objected. They mentioned that uh, they met to some kiosks. They said that some of them were in architecturally conservation areas which only allow, only allow advertising in exceptional circumstances, but they seem to be disregarded. So 24, that's what the question you could ask the Dublin City Council, which I've tried to ask them, is there's 24 planning assessments was reported. So it was 24 planning applications, and the planners made then 24 planning assessments. But none of these reports, they reference, in my view, the correct section of the current Dublin City Council development plan, Section 16, that deals with telephone kiosks, deals with street clutter and deals with accessibility. Every one of those kiosks, every one of those 24 kiosks were planned, were, were assessed under outdoor advertising. And I just don't think that that was correct. And how was the same mistake made on 24 planning applications by several different council mm-hmm. planners? Well, there's That's 20, really there's 22 right. of them been um, rolled out across Dublin. And I know this yeah. was announced last year, but there's 180 of these. I think they're called digital pedestal phone kiosks is the correct title for them. And they're going to be all over the country, um, all over the length of breadth in Ireland. And Neil, your point is that, look, people do use them. And I suppose if if, uh, if people use them, maybe, maybe there is a need then for them, Damien. But I just wonder about the amount of space that they take up. Well, part of the issue is if phone boxes are top of our annoyance list, it's not a bad spot to be. You know what I mean? If 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 the if the the big work being done is to get rid of phone boxes, then life must be great for everybody. You know what I mean? It's not a big deal. It's I understand it's a revenue generator. That's why the big screens are on the back. But there are people who use them, and taking them away takes away a small amount of people who use these services to put roofs over their heads. And if that's one person or a hundred people, it doesn't matter because they have no other way of getting a roof over their head. Life is easy for us in our big houses and our iPhones, but, you know, there are bigger fish to fry than, what did we say, 22 phone boxes going up? There's bigger fish to fry than, than phone boxes. What about that, Damien? Well, I know that the number one issue for people in wheelchairs is accessibility and getting around the city. And I know in Fairview, one of the first one of these that was put up, it was put up direct bang in the centre of the footpath. It was one, there was one 1.65 metres to, of a gap. No wheelchair could fit it by that. The Irish wheelchair guidelines, the national guidelines for footpaths are for having a two metre gap. So the first one was put up uh, at 1.65. So we, the, I got onto the planning enforcement and said, you know, that was rectified. And wheelchair, wheelchair users are the same as anybody else. Like They have phones the same as anybody else. And as I said, their, their main priority is to get around the city. 
be accessible. And this this does nothing for that. It's, in my view, anyway, and I agree with your first caller, it's nothing more than a street clutter. And an aircom or air certainly didn't put them up to help the homeless situation, I don't believe. Well, Brian in Dublin suggests that for people in, in coercive um, relationships, they often have their phone monitored. They do need another outlet. I think it's a good idea. Niall and Lucan has texted in. He says there was a discussion to have all phone boxes uh, fitted with um, harsh defibrillators at one stage. I wonder, is this happening? You don't know the answer to that, Damien, do you? I don't know, but that's a good suggestion. You know, there'd be power there. There'd be power. That would be a better. Um, that would be a better suggestion for them. But they're really they're out for advertising. That's what they are. That the space is all taken up by outdoor spot. advertising. Okay. Billboards, and it's a revenue generator. And I believe now Dublin City Council are not getting revenue from this. I believe that's just between uh, Air because they own the sites, and I think it's okay. a company called Clear. They look after the advertising. Okay. All right. Well, listen, Damien, Thanks a million, Neil and Dara as well for joining us here uh, on the program today. Um, what's your own view like have you spotted these new phone kiosks and boxes up in your own locality if you have like what do you think of them I mean are they needed do people use them when did you last use a public phone box and are they actually just adding to the clutter on the streets do many people use public phone boxes in this day and age well it seems lots of you do or at least you want to this texter says what about when you're out of credit or the phone power is down Uh, there can be a great use for that somebody else wondering about the public telephone boxes and the emergency service use for them particularly in contacting the likes of the guards or the ambulance absolutely they should be there des kenny is the chairperson of independent living movement of ireland well des you were listening to this conversation about the phone kiosks earlier what's your view I think uh, given the fact that the box has to be has to comply with accessibility criteria, it means that it has to be of a certain size. And if the dilemma is that you're going to uh, reduce the width of the path and save, you know, save passage by something that's over large and infrequently if ever used, I think one as a disabled person has to favour it not being there at all. That arguments for people who are in coercive abuse and the like and people who need it in a, in a hurry for like indicated there I'm sure you can I, I would imagine to say coercive abuse first it's good to talk to friends and whatnot and I'm not sure that the local phone box will be close enough for you to get in touch with the people you need to get in touch with regarding the emergency service if there's nobody within 10 feet of you when something happens with a mobile phone you know you're living in a different on a different planet uh, so I think what should be done, uh, and the local authorities should do it, or even your own research unit in there, should commission research or by way of FOI. What is the call level from the ones that are currently in mm. existence? If you can do it on movies uh, to find out who, which phone box a criminal phone from, well, find out are they used. Let, let it not be a kind of abstract notion that they, they are used. They either are or they aren't used. And as a disabled person, I wouldn't go near it. You wouldn't know what should be touching or whatnot. And you need to almost sanitize it with all kinds of um, sanitizer before you'd go to touch it in this day and age, particularly in time of COVID. Now, there mightn't be anything wrong with it, but we live in uncertain times right. in terms of hygiene and the, the like. Yeah, the, the, the point, though, I suppose, around the, um, the size of the kiosks, and I, I take your point, they have to be within certain parameters. But, like, is it just another obstacle or hurdle Des um, in terms of accessibility and, and just clutter in general on, on the streets and the footpaths 
it's given the fact that they now seem to be used predominantly as a means and a legitimate means of presenting advertising for commercial purposes. I'm inclined to regard it as clutter rather than something of immediate need, unless one can prove otherwise that they are actually used by a form of, you know, population or clients and people who are, say, from foreign parts who might want to use uh, some of the uh, aspects of a, of a mobile street phone. I don't know, but I'm inclined to think it's more in the area and realm of clutter than actually absolute use and convenience for a person who's disabled. How, um, how and I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not sure that they actually will get the dimensions right either. Uh, kind of example yeah. of the first one I would have been involved in many decades ago on College Green. Andrea, it was up three steps. The phone box was accessible, but getting into it wasn't accessible. And that sometimes is the mentality behind people who don't look at the guidelines of Irish Research Association and whatnot and go ahead and provide what they think disabled people require out of their own imagination and some architectural reference that says, well, you know, it's possible for a wheelchair to get in. Who's going to lift it up the steps? No, that wouldn't happen in this day. It's a bit, bit, bit more enlightened. Yeah, sometimes. okay. No, fair, 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 yeah. fair point. But Des, how cluttered are the streets? Well, the streets are becoming more difficult uh, now with the expansion of uh, shop fronts, cafe fronts onto the onto the footpath extending the dining area and you know that's part of the new outdoors dining and whatnot and we still haven't reached the stage of being able to safely and reasonably accommodate without argument the need for the pedestrian to have safe passage as pedestrian in a wheelchair or with a long cane or with a guide dog or even a parent with a buggy to get by um, tables that are that overflow onto the path there should be barriers around uh, all form of out, outdoor uh, dining that prevents uh, overspill of the dining area and also stops hand, you know bags and straps falling out mm. under the thing tripping people up. So that that's a big cause. And what we're now finding is, you know, in this era of cycling, people are tying their bicycles to posts and poles of any kind in order to secure them. But in many instances, they're also blocking or reducing the extent to which the passage, safe passage of people along the pavement is hindered or, in fact, hampered by that. Yeah. So, so there's lots, lots of clutter there. Some of it is transitioning from expansion of outdoor dining into a new realisation. The pavements belong to everybody. They don't belong to the restaurants. And it's almost like a commandeering of the restaurant, of the pavement, and be permitted to do so. And the council, in their turn, are not inclined to uh, monitor the new permission, which I'm not against. We're, we're living in an era when it's going to happen, but it should be it should be monitored, uh, and yeah, the people absolutely doing and it should be encouraged. Plenty of know. consultation for for sure. Des, listen, thanks a million for getting in touch with us uh, here today in the program. Des Kenny, there, the chairperson of Independent Living Movement of Ireland. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.